Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Shadows. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the time travelers. Who are they? So I have a link down in the description below to the latest Haunted Road Media video, which came out last night, late last night. You know, still a little discombobulated here from the recent move, getting the new studio set up. You can kind of see we got a new background going on here a little bit. Forgot to light the candles. Oh, well, next time. And um, so a Monday night release of a video. It's a little bit different for us. It's um, It'll get back in sync here on Fridays here very soon. But there is an 11-minute video out there right now on time travelers. A lot of time traveler uh, reports and sightings uh, over the years and a number of different countries. And even possibly my own... Um, I guess, time overlap experience, for lack of a better term. We'll get into a lot of these here uh, throughout this show. So I don't want to you know rehash everything. We are going to get into several of those different stories here. I do encourage people to later on go check out that video because I include um, a lot more footage in that, photos and uh, information and what have you. Um, we're going to get into like some different information, different concepts. We'll get into time travel theories and... Um, possible methods of time travel if it is really possible um, here or are we already experiencing time travel and just don't even realize it so uh, these are things that um, if you have any questions by by all means throw them down in the chat quarantine ghost uh, he or she <laughs> will go ahead and field those questions I know you guys are still trying to figure out who quarantine ghost is but uh, you're gonna remain in the dark for um, ever <laughs> in any case um so okay people are liking the bookshelf liking the background i appreciate that i know i i set i set up the bookshelf for the um for the time traveler video and it's like it, it actually does look really good except i actually need to use it for story stuff and not just keep it on set so i don't know what's going to happen here with that um but I'm glad you guys like the background. So we'll we'll keep this set up for a little while, see how it goes. All right. So I will admit, and I'm going to throw out a non-sponsored plug here. You know, this is my own doing. Um, this is this is definitely inspired by Dark coming out on uh, season three, coming out on June 27th. So that's the day of the apocalypse. <laughs> If you've been watching the show, um, Tom, McLick, Tom McNicholas notes that there are no blue lights. Yeah, I know. Uh, I actually had it here to set up and I forgot to plug it in. Uh, but yes, totally inspired by the show Dark. Um, it is easily become my uh, favorite show uh, currently, may even become favorite show of all time. Um, I have a few that it would you know, probably contends with, but um, really enjoying it. It does explore a lot of these different uh, time travel concepts. I mean, that is like the central focus of the show. Well, second to the character development that they do within it. So we'll touch back on that a little bit later, but I wanted to throw out there that, yeah, this is kind of why I'm going on a time travel kick here this week, and we'll probably carry that over in the next week because then the show will have, you know, been out you know so um yeah so robert hannah is excited for the series finale of dark wa actually wanted to start watching dark we'll definitely go watch it highly encourage it mike recommended there you go all right so let's go ahead and get into some of these different time travelers not in a fictional world but in our world and who they may actually be um, what is this? Leslie Fear, you should promo all the Hunter Road Media books coming out at the end. Ah, well, I've got all the Hunter Road Media books here. So we'll add Leslie's uh, to that list once hers comes out August 4th. Peripheral, check it out. There you go, Leslie. There's your plug. <laughs> Vanessa's book is coming out here pretty soon, too, as is another one from Dan Norvell. So in any case. So... Let's take the first one. So this one was covered in the video that came out last night, the time traveling hipster. And you can kind of see him here with the uh, the shades with the side shields. Um, a lot of people claim that uh, the logo shirt um, looks silk screened and therefore would not be possible. And then he's holding a very small portable camera. 
Um, so he does look completely out of place. So this was actually um, a bridge reopening in the uh, in the early 40s. So definitely out of place, out of time for all the other people that are around. Or is he? So there's um, there's a lot of controversy about this photo because yes, he does look absolutely out of place. So there are those skeptics of this photo that say, well, actually, the shirt that he's wearing looks, because this was in Canada, this was in British Columbia, um, the shirt looks a lot like a Montreal Maroons shirt. Now, the Montreal Maroons used to be a hockey team in the in the NHL way back in the day from the 20s into the 30s. So is it possible? Is he even a former player? I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, if that's possible. I mean, you can kind of see the M. Now, the type of um, shirt that he's wearing there when it comes to the Montreal Maroons, it, I've only ever seen one photo of it. And it's on the, if you look at Snopes.com, they're the ones that actually kind of bash this photo. They're the only ones that carry that photo. All the other photos of the Montreal Maroons are basically a uh, white letter M on the red background. And Snopes is the only one carrying the other photo. So I don't know where they got it from or where they found it. Um, so the other thing about this is um, the sunglasses with the side shields, they did exist at that time. They weren't readily available. So they were harder to come by. Um, and then the portable camera, I mean, that's a really small camera for the time. But there were some small portable cameras that were available. Again, not readily available. They were hard to come by. So was this guy a time traveler or was he just really kind of ahead of his time for style uh, back at back in 1941 when it was? So it, it's hard to say. I mean, you could make a case for either. I guess if he is a time traveler, what in the world was he doing at this particular bridge reopening? It seems a little weird. But um, he seems really out of, out of place here for this photo. Um, you know, these couple of features, I mean, this, man, this, this dude is rocking really rare stuff for the time. So um, Tom McNicholas says, looks like an early man in black. Yeah, he just needs the hat. And you know what's funny, Tom? Everybody else around him is wearing the hat. He would probably fit in if he was wearing the hat. But... Um, Sharon Lane, maybe he was French and very fashionable. Well, you are talking, um, you are talking Canada. If he was from Montreal, if that is a Montreal Maroons shirt, then you know maybe, maybe he is French. Eva Geller, maybe he was wealthy at the forefront of fashion in the 1940s, um, possibly. Robert Hanna says, Mike, do you notice a woman who looks like she's looking at him as well? So, um, okay, so the one with the, uh, it looks like brown hair. She's a little bit shorter, kind of between a couple of guys there uh, to his, well, I, it would be his right, our left in the photo. Possibly. Um, she kind of looks like she's trying to squeeze through a couple of these guys. Maybe she's going to him. You know, maybe, maybe she was with him and, you know, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. It's a really hard to tell. You know, you're, you're talking about an obscure photo. Now, when that was put out on the internet, what's interesting about this, um, it was a museum in Canada that actually published it, and um, it was readily available through some different Canadian uh, museum networks, and it was just kind of a random find on the internet, and it was posted out there as, you know, do you think this was a time travel? And all of a sudden, the the museum website started getting hit like crazy. It went viral. And so it is an actual authentic photo. So people have tried to say, you know, maybe it's photoshopped um, that he was placed in there or, um, you know, somebody photoshopped the um, the clothing on him and what have you, but it is actually an authentic photo. So it just leaves us to try to figure out who exactly or what exactly he is because you look at the over jacket I mean that's a little weird too I'm not even sure what that is it's it's fuzzy you know it's it's that is different 
two. It's unlike anything anyone else is wearing at that time. It looks like it's some sort of possibly strange sweater. You know, it's got like this huge, massive V-neck to it, but then it kind of pulls down his shoulders too. So it's very strange. Uh, quarantine goes, he kind of looks like Johnny Enoch. <laughs> you know, he kind of does look like Johnny Enoch. That's a good call. So uh, Johnny Enoch, our, our good friend who was on the Alaska Triangle with me, and uh, we interviewed him on Edge of the Rabbit Hole a few months ago. Uh, yeah, good call, uh, QG. <laughs> Johnny, he may be, maybe Johnny's a time traveler and we don't know it. He went back. Johnny's Canadian. So it makes sense. Here he goes. Johnny Enoch. There you go, everybody. That solves the, uh, the mystery of the time traveling hipsters, Johnny Enoch. <laughs> um, yeah, Eva, I, I don't know if that, if that's a hoodie or some sort of sweat jacket. Um, it, it just, it looks very, very fuzzy. And you can kind of see like a bit of a collar where maybe it almost changes types of fabric there at the very top. Um, it, it's it's very uh, it's a very unusual setup. The whole thing, the whole whole thing. So, so uh, Nick Moulet, there are suspicions that some modern folks are time travelers, and that's yeah, that's kind of what we're talking about here tonight, buddy. Uh, you know that there are possibly time travelers amongst us, and we'll get into some of those different ideas here as we go along, and you know who exactly time tra travelers may be, and how exactly we may be able to time travel. So we'll do it. Um, so Robert Hanna, but why isn't anyone else not looking at him as if he's out of place if this photo is authentic? Well, they're watching the bridge reopening. I mean, maybe when they were, you know, all gathering here, maybe they did initially look at him, but they are looking at the bridge reopening. So um, yeah, it, it's a... There's no doubting the authenticity of the photo. It is a legit photo. Uh, this came through a museum, and they were absolutely, totally surprised when their website started getting nailed with all kinds of activity. Uh, they were just posting a collection of photos from um, from history around the area, and somebody saw that photo, saw the guy, and went crazy with it. They just, I mean, they, it got posted on a couple of um, different websites. Uh, Dig picked it up and it just went crazy. So, um, all right. Yeah, and QG, uh, a picture is just a quick snapshot of just one second. So, yeah, not even that. It's like I, it's like a fraction of a second. And uh, so who knows what was really going on uh, at that time. So, um, yeah, Lena says it would be really weird going back in time with no one we know around. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, you always hear those ideas of, you know, if you met, if you met yourself. Well, people always say if you met yourself, you would, you know, create, you know, a rip of the fabric of time and everything would explode. I don't believe that, um, you know, or meeting your grandfather or, you know, somebody you know. There's a lot of different ideas, and Dark definitely uh, gets deep into that, but uh, we see it happen in other shows and movies as well, and everybody seems to deal with that idea a little differently. You never really see um, the idea of somebody going back in time and not interacting with themselves or somebody they know or family or, or whatever. So... Um, and I like this. So, Leslie Fear, I'm thinking there is no time, only the illusion of the time period you feel you're in. Well, then give me the hell out of 2020 now, because 2020 has been absolutely freaking crazy. This is, I didn't sign up for this. No, no. <clears throat> but interesting idea. So, let's get into a couple more here. So, I think we've covered the hipster quite enough. So there's the Versailles time slip. So with uh, with these two, um, Eleanor Jordan and Annie Moberly. So basically, they were walking through the uh, the gardens at Versailles. This was back in 1901, and all of a sudden, they they started seeing people out of place. 
So people that were dressed in like 18th century garb, there was a there was a guy there with smallpox. There was somebody that was, you know, she was in a very elegant gown and she was drawing a sketch of Marie Antoinette. Um, there was a plow there that was out of place. And when they inquired about the plow, you know, for the gardens, for plowing up the gardens, um, the gardener said that there was no plow um, there at the gardens anymore. But during the reign of King Louis XVI, there had been a plow that the gardeners of the of the time and date would use. So it's a um, it, it's one of those moments where time seems to overlap. And you know, this is just one example of the the Versailles time slip. So I've heard of stories of this happening, like in London or other historic cities, or even um, just in you know, not even like a cityscape like that, but just like in a old castle somewhere or an old house. And I may have even had one of these experiences myself. Um, and when we get, and many of us may have, those that have seen ghosts and apparitions and, and what have you, this this may explain what some of these ghosts and apparitions may be. You know, or we talk about our residual haunts that, you know, we're seeing something play out in time. Um, you know, that it seems to be recorded. And it may be that we are just you know, for a moment, overlapping time, or I, I've mentioned it before on here, because um, it's in her, her book, House of Darkness, House of Light, um, Andrea Perrin, where she talks about her and her mother walking into uh, the dining room. There's a couple of gentlemen sitting at the table, and they look at them as if they're the ghosts, and they're like, well, you look at that. It's, basically, it's like an overlap of periods of time. Um, so this is what these couple of women experienced uh, in the garden there, or at least it seems like. And so other people, you know, after hearing these reports, and this is kind of what happens, like even in, you know, today's date, um, you know, you hear a report of a haunting and you're like, I've had that experience too, but you just never talked about it because you're like, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. But it emboldens people to come forth and say, hey, I've had that experience too, or I saw this. And so other people start doing that um, at Versailles. And you can find you know books and websites and what have you dedicated to just Versailles and the hauntings that are there. And so this is one of them. Um, but you know, to the garden itself, there's another woman, a school teacher that went through, and um, you know she had walked through you know one of the gates there, and it was a gate that when she walked through it was open, but a hundred years before she had walked through it, it had been sealed. So how does she walk through a sealed gate? Somehow at the time that she approached it, you know, that kind of slip in time and she's able to walk through the gate. Um, it is really, really interesting. So um, let's see if what you guys got going down here in the chat. Um, WOA agrees with me over 2020. Yes, for sure. Um, could they be alternate realities? Um I mean, possibly you start getting into uh, the possibility of multiple dimensions. And I mean, I do believe in interdimensional beings. Um, I've talked before. I don't want to like get deep into like multiverse and stuff like that, because I don't believe in the idea of a multiverse in that any decision that we make spawns off another universe. Not that. Parallel universes, possibly. So there was a... Um, you know, some recent studies down in Antarctica where they found uh, particles moving in uh, basically the opposite direction of what they were expected. So it kind of gives a little credence to the idea that there is a uh, parallel universe along with us running in the opposite direction. So if you could imagine um, a universe in reverse time from us, um, that calls into a lot of different crazy questions. So, and if we are able to sometimes see that uh, alternate universe running backwards, where would it be in time when we cross paths with it? Um, you know, so that might be why we see some of these different weird, crazy things sometimes. So, um, so Leslie Fear, when I listen to near-death experiences, they talk about time as we perceive it is only an illusion that there really is no time it's all happening past and present at once um 
So this is what I talk about uh, with my stack time theory that, um, and really it's a play off of, and I didn't realize it when I started developing this like 10, 15 years ago, probably longer, um, that it's actually a play off of um, Einstein's idea of the space-time continuum. So we're talking about a concept that's been around for like 100 years. And so, yeah, the idea is that past, present, future, all working at the same time. And basically, you're just take a location and you're just kind of stacking everything on, on top of it. And there are moments, for whatever reason, that um, a couple of these places in time may echo or overlap or what have you. And because it's all at the same place and it's part of the same stack, then you're able to see that. And that may may be why we see, you know, some of these apparitions or ghosts where they're not actually an apparition or a ghost. They're not like a, um, you know, like a spirit is what we think of, you know, somebody has died and they've lost their body and all that, that it's actually a person and we're seeing an image of that. Um, so basically, when people talk about I saw a woman in a Victorian dress. She looked at me and thought I was the ghost. So, okay, fine. You're seeing a moment of the past. But if she's looking at you in that exact moment and she thinks you're the ghost, guess what? She's looking into the future. But it's really all happening at the same time. So, yeah. So we, um, I do get into that in some of the different uh, videos that we've... We've talked about here about um, space and time. So on Beyond the Shadows, and I have a couple of older videos out there on um, uh, Hunter Road Media that talk about it as well, which I'm going to update here uh, pretty soon and, and get into those uh, different concepts. So um, nice, Eva Geller. So if we played the Beatles records forwards in the reverse universe, well, they've freaked out also. Nice. Um, well, if you play the Beatles records in um, backwards in the reverse universe, then Paul is alive. There we go. <laughs> All right. So that's a Versailles time slip. Another one we covered here. So there are, of course, throughout all of these different reports and sightings, your hoaxes. And so this is kind of one of the um, more notable ones. It still gets proliferated around the internet as if it is true, and it's it's not. So basically the story goes is that this guy just appeared out of nowhere in the middle of Times Square and pro uh, proceeded to get hit by a car because basically he just, he showed up out of nowhere. He's looking around like, oh my God, where am I? Um, this all looks weird and strange and then, you know, a car hits him because he wasn't, you know, watching where he was going. Dies on the spot. Um, he's dressed in 1800s clothing. Now, this is supposed to have happened in like 1950. So he's dressed in old-fashioned clothing. He's carrying coins of the time and different other uh, artifacts, um, a livery stable receipt, all these different things. So um, and they find a business card on him that says Rudolph Fence. So um, the authorities are supposed to have looked him up and discovered that Rudolph Fence has been missing since 1876. Um, it's not a true story, though. It's a, it's a piece of fiction that was published in Collier's. <clears throat> this is the article, or at least half of it, by Jack Finney and some of the artwork that went along with it. Um, the, the piece on Rudolph Fence is actually on... Um, the continued page later on in the magazine. And so it does happen where there's a story or an article from like decades ago that people recall reading and they forget somewhere along the way that it was actually a piece of fiction that they were reading because they remember reading it in a magazine, so it must be true, right? Kind of like we write it on the internet, so it must be true, right? Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, over the over time, it just started getting regurgitated as a true story. Well, um, some years back, as it was making the rounds on the internet, there are some researchers who dug into it and found that article and discovered that, oh, no, this story is actually false. It's actually just a cute little story um, that was found 
uh, or was written in this uh, in this journal. So this happens. Um, we end up with all kinds of hoaxes, and you know, especially in, in today's day and age, where plenty of YouTube videos out there where um, you know people claim to have had some sort of experience. You end up uh, there are actually uh, YouTubers out there that claim that they are time travelers and they are from the future and this is the way things are going to be in like the year 8000 and you know all this other stuff so um and they'll show like blurry photos of some city at that time and it's and they're like well you know the time travel process blurs the photo i don't know i, I don't know why it doesn't blur their face or their clothing or what but it blurs the photo so you see a lot of this on the internet and i just i take it with a grain of salt you know, you see some story out there about time travel or that sounds a little, you know, off. Just do some research, you know, find out if it's legit. You know, the Rudolph Fence one there obviously was uh, uh, from a journal from, it was basically the following year, 1951, and he had wrote it about the previous year, 1950. So you get a lot of that. Um, all right. So that's Rudolph Fence and hoaxes, and beware for the hoaxes, because there are many out there. So this was kind of funny for me. So this is uh, Air Marshal Sir Robert Victor Goddard. So he was knighted. He, he is a sir uh, from the Royal Air Force in, uh, in the UK. You know, when I, when I did the research for this one, I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would actually find a photo of an airfield with cows. But there it is. So his story is basically that he took off um, from Edinburgh, Scotland, and he was flying down to Andover. He was flying over Drim, uh, which was an abandoned airfield at the time. The cows were out there grazing all over the, uh, uh, the grounds. Um, he remarked that some of them were actually out there on the tarmac and there were cracks in, uh, in the cement and they're eating the grass that's grown up out of the cement. It's kind of detailed. So he flies over it, you know, and like all the hangars are, you know, disheveled and, and breaking down and all this. Flies over, it gets caught up in a storm all of a sudden, just a storm whips up and his plane's getting out of control, starts spiraling, all this other stuff. He's finally able to uh, get control of it. And when he does, and he pulls out of this spin, straightens himself out, he's flying over Drem again. And all of a sudden, the skies open up and there's bright sunshine and, and all of this. And the scene totally changes on him. So instead of the cows, there's now a... a wonderful uh, cleaned up airfield uh, there are airplanes out there uh, there's three biplanes that they use for training uh, painted yellow there's also a monoplane that's there so that's a you know one wing across and the mechanics there are dressed in blue so it's a very unusual uh, setup here and the reason why that is is because, well, one, the type of monoplane that he saw down there, they didn't start using for uh, another four years. Uh, they didn't start painting yellow, uh, the planes yellow until that time as well. And it was a few years down the road when the mechanics started dressing in blue. So he was basically seeing a vision of this place four years down the road. Now, this is a guy that was... Um, you know, a very respected air marshal. Like I said, he was knighted. He's won medals, but yet he's had this experience. So again, it's it's one eyewitness's account. Do you trust the eyewitness? And this is something that we, you know, we come across, of course, in the paranormal. So there's a lot of times where I'm getting up here on camera or I'm in the middle of a paranormal investigation and, you know, I'm on camera. And I've had a personal experience, or it may have even happened off camera. 
Tom McNicholas is down in the chat, and we could talk about the apparition of the little girl, something that did not happen on camera. It's a personal experience, so we tell the tale. Because I don't have that on camera, I don't have the footage, none of that, you know, it's do you trust the person that's telling you the story? Well, here's a knighted air marshal. Do I trust his story? I would like to. I didn't know him personally, so I, I couldn't tell you um, if, if he was a jokester or not, but... From all that you read about his background, he sounds pretty credible. So a lot of times it comes down to, do we trust the person that is telling us the story? So this is a, again, another type of uh, time overlap story because um, he continued on his flight and that was the only, that was the only place that was out of time. So did he go back for a moment? Did he just have a flash of, you know, just a vision of this place? Was it like a overlap thing? Um, it's kind of interesting. So what is this about aliens you guys have going on down here? We're not even getting on to aliens today. Um, okay, fine. I'm not saying aliens cause the time travel, but it's aliens. There we go. <laughs> um, so Leslie Fear, I think when we sleep it's possible we travel to different places, hence where deja vu happens. Um, it's it's off topic uh, we won't go down that road tonight, but um, we'll cover more on dreams. I've, I've talked about dreams in the past, but I mean, when you dream, you do have the chance of astral projecting. So if you you know project to another location, have an experience there, well, that could certainly happen. Um, you could be having a premonition while you dream. I've had plenty of premonitions. So yeah, some of these different things that we experience while we dream can actually be you know legit, and then you know we end up going to that place. Uh, later on, be like, hey, I've been here before. So, you know, maybe it was premonition in a dream. Maybe you astral projected. There's a lot of different things. So um, not necessarily pertinent to this other than I guess you're wondering if you can time travel while you sleep. I mean, that could be part of the astral projection, perhaps. But again, if everything is happening concurrently, is it really traveling? So... It's a good question. Um, all right, so that is, whoops, wrong button. There we go. All right. So talking about pilots, uh, real quick, Bruce Gernon. So this is actually a, a clip from um, the Alaska Triangle. They brought in Bruce's uh, story because his story was about the Bermuda Triangle, but it was uh, pertinent to a number of things that, uh, we're going on there in Alaska with uh, the portals and vortices and what have you. But Bruce's story is basically that um, his was a type of tra time travel in which he was, he lost time. And you hear this a lot. Okay, fine. You guys brought up aliens there a little bit ago. Um, you do hear this a lot with like alien abduction stories where... Um, you know, they were, you know, abducted by the aliens or maybe they just saw a flash of light or whatever and suddenly they lost, you know, hours of time. Or with Bruce's uh, story, it was a half an hour. Or it could even be days. Suddenly they're down the road and, you know, they shouldn't be down that far further down the road. Or, you know, they're still in a spot that, you know, they've stayed for the last five hours and shouldn't have. So um, you hear about these experiences with um, with lapses of time like this. And so with Bruce, basically, um, he was going from Andros Island to Fort Lauderdale, a flight that he makes all the time. And as he was flying, these clouds formed up and created this Spiral that he ended up flying through. Um, his gauges and everything were going crazy. When he came out on the other side, Miami was below him, and it, it shouldn't have. It, you know, it, he he lost thirty minutes there. He he basically went a hundred miles in like three minutes. It was it was pretty crazy. So um, here's the. Uh, I guess a little illustration of him going through the time tunnel or time vortex or time portal or whatever you want to call it in the Bermuda Triangle. 
So, of course, there are a lot of different Bermuda Triangle stories of ships and planes being lost. And the question is here with Bruce, did he experience what others have experienced and was lucky enough to survive? There's also the idea that um, many of those who have gone through uh, portals like this ended up in another place and time altogether. Now, he only went 30 minutes ahead, ended up there near Miami, where, you know, it's kind of speculated that others, you know, may have gone to a, com a completely different time, may have gone to another dimension. We, we talk about this with the missing Douglas airplane uh, up in the Alaska Triangle, that after the plane disappeared, that there were some radio transmissions that could be heard, and perhaps the... Uh, the sound came back through the portal since sound is on a different wavelength, but they ended up in another place in time. Maybe they went ahead of in time. Maybe they even went backwards. We don't know. Um, but it's possible that, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll see that plane again, you know, 20 years from now, all of a sudden it'll, you know, pop out, you know, from its, I guess, interdimensional travel for lack of a better term, you know, from that portal that was created uh, from the, you know, the vortex of all the energy there. So Bermuda Triangle is one of these places in uh, around the globe that this happens. And Bruce was fortunate enough to survive to tell the tale. So uh, Robert Hanna right there, you know, Mike, do you think Bruce's experience is what caused a lot of the disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle? I think what Bruce experienced was what many of those in the Bermuda Triangle had experienced, and he was fortunate enough to survive. How he did, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wasn't strong enough yet. Maybe it was, you know, you know, bubbling up because it seems like he hit it right when it started. So maybe it just hadn't gained enough force yet to be able to do something more significant. And it just, it got him, you know, thirty minutes ahead of time. Perhaps if he had caught that a little bit later or when it was a, a bit stronger um maybe it would have shot him forward you know years ahead of time uh, it, it's really hard to know because we don't know you know where these other planes and ships and, and everything are so um you know some of them some of them still could have simply been got mixed up into this because remember all of his instruments and gauges are going haywire Still could have been that that was happening uh, to those airplanes as well or those ships. And instead of shooting them ahead of in time, perhaps it just, you know, created enough damage on the craft that you know, it crashed into the ocean. You know, so some of them could have been on the verge of going through one of these portals. The plane ended up too damaged and they just unfortunately perished in the ocean. So I know we like to... We like to think that, you know, all these guys were just kind of shot through these portals and, you know, time travel tunnels and, you know, ended up in another dimension somewhere. And those things very possibly could have started happening. And unfortunately, I do believe some of them did perish and are just there at the bottom of the ocean and we just don't know where. So, you know, the you know, unfortunate thing is that, you know, we've never... With many of these, we've never seen the wreckage. Some of them, you do, they do end up finding some wreckage or something washes up you know, later on, or they might actually find something in the ocean floor, but many of them, we have no idea. Nothing at all has ever surfaced. So, um, all right. Sharon Lane says, flying in and out of the Bahamas can feel like you're in another world because of the unbelievable cloud formations. Yeah, it... It's definitely a uh, different place on Earth down there. Um, and I think that's what kind of happens. Like Alaska is a very different place on Earth. And so I think those type of qualities play into um, these different forces that are there. So you have the electromagnetic qualities that are there from the Earth, the, basically the vortex that, that's coming up out of the Earth's core in those locations. There's a lot of things... Um, you know, at these, I guess I'm using the word locations again, that uh, help to enhance uh, that energy that's there. So like with the Bermuda Triangle, you know, definitely the water, 
the Alaska uh, Triangle, you have the volatility of the land that plays into it, the volcanic activity, um, you know, the the structure of um, just like the, um, the the qualities of the stone that's there and, and things like this. So um, you get a lot of that play in there that create these different triangle areas. Leslie Fear. So if all the other ships, people, planes disappeared, never to be found again, maybe they went to another time and they're the ones who appear in all those crazy time travel picks. Well, I mean, that's what a lot of people, I guess, kind of hope for, that they've made it, you know, through this thing alive and they're in another time and place and all that. Um, we, we don't know. I do believe some of them perish and they're they're there under the water somewhere, um, at least for the Bermuda Triangle. But could others have made it out on the other side? Maybe, maybe. Um, I don't think the guy in the in the time traveling hipster photo was a survivor of the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, you're just... Bermuda, British Columbia—they're kind of far apart, and I just—it seems weird to me. I guess with the time traveling hipster photo, it seems weird to me. What in the world would a time traveler be doing at the South Forks Bridge reopening? Just, it seems really, really random. Um, I'm, I'm not discounting that it's a time traveler. It very, it, it could be. It could be one of the survivors from the Bermuda Triangle. Eh, I don't know, but it could be somebody from somewhere else. Could be Johnny Enoch. <laughs> there you go, quarantine ghost. Ask Johnny Enoch. That's right. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, Bruce Gurnan's Bermuda Triangle. Um, so now get into a little bit about the uh, interesting thing, like the ghosts, the apparitions. Um, this is the vagabond on the roadside uh, that's seen along Route 66 in some parts, uh, specifically Fort Reno in Weatherford, Oklahoma, that area. Um, could he be caught in some sort of time tunnel if he shows up on the road some people say they're even able to pick him up um sometimes he'll jump out on the road but basically you know, the the big thing is that he'll be seen on the road you might pass him a couple miles down the road you see him again so is he time jumping ahead somehow it's it's really strange you know, is there an overlap maybe you're seeing him at one point during his travel and then you're seeing him again further down the road at another time during that walk, it's um, yeah we, we we're not sure there could be some sort of uh, time overlap time lapse there. The uh, that's my son Chase in the photo by the way. I had him play the part of the vagabond for um, the Fort Reno uh, Ghosts and Legends video. Like oh my gosh, it was like eight years ago, nine years ago, something like that. So, but you hear a lot of stories also about like the disappearing diners. I did not cover this in uh, in that video from last night. So, but you hear um, is uh, is Papa Bear down there? So Papa Bear's uh, told the story before about um, he had it on um, I think it was a comment in one of the videos uh, on the Hunter Road Media channel where. You know, he had pulled off on the side of the road at a diner, actually ate at the diner. Um, and then woke up the next day and it disappeared. I think he had, I'm 99% sure he said he ate at the diner. Now he parked there and, um, and it was gone the next morning. So, but that's not the only time I've heard a story like that where, um, you know, there's a diner on the side of the road and people stop there and then the next day it's gone or several hours later it's gone or they pass through the area again like a couple days later and the diner is gone. So this seems to be like another Route 66 thing. Like, um, But it's, I guess, not specific to Route 66. It does happen like around the country. Um, but I've heard that one on Route 66 before. You know, like the vagabond, these disappearing entities, buildings, cars are another one. So people report ghost cars. But is it, again, is it really a ghost or is it just 
we're temporarily overlapping with another place in space and time, and we're seeing a moment from that. For something like the diner, you know, it's a little bit more significant because people have reported actually eating there before, um, as some of these, or they park there for for a time just to, to rest, you know, or they pass by it, and there it is. I mean, that might be just a few seconds, but... Um, but some of these are actually significant amounts of time that they're actually able to be seen and witnessed. So it's really, really interesting. Sharon Lane, those diner stories are freaky. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Um, you know, they're really, really interesting because they're more so than just your standard residual haunt where you see like an apparition walk into a wall. You know, this is an actual physical location. Like I said, if some people are actually eating there, I mean, you're get, where are you getting the meal from? You know, so it is like you have, it's very Twilight Zone-ish, right? It's like you've gone back in time. You've you've stepped through that portal yourself and have eaten at this location. You know, so somebody served you, you know, and maybe you did go back to, you know, 1953 or whatever, and you actually ate at that diner and you got back in your car and now you're back in 2020. You know, so there may be, you may be the time traveler. So I do want to get back into uh, that here in uh, in a few minutes here. So, um, yeah, Robert Hand, the disappearing house at Bachelors Grove uh, Cemetery. People do talk about the disappearing house there. So is that caught in some sort of space-time continuum where that house is appearing and reappearing and disappearing? So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely Twilight Zone-ish. Um, so since we are getting into the idea of the disappearing diners and the vagabonds, so my possible time overlap experience, it's, it's a shadow person story that I talk about all the time. Many, many of you have uh, heard this story. Johnny V's, and it's a shadow person story, so that's why you guys have heard so much about it. And basically, what happens here is doing the last photo sweep of the diner. There's people up in the bar area, others out in the restaurant area. I'm going through the, the main kitchen doors, and as I go through those doors, this is the side door. And there was a real quick, very translucent uh, shadow that darted across the room as I walked into the kitchen and slammed it into this door. But the door didn't move. You just heard the bam, the slam of that door. So I call out to everybody else. Hey, did you guys hear that? Yeah, yeah, we heard that. And I thought they were messing with me for a little bit. Like maybe they threw something at the door or whatever. Now this door, you could just like barely, you, know, you could just tap it, like just barely and the thing would open. It was meant for waiters and waitresses carrying large trays of food to walk through. And, and take the food out to the dining room. Now, I, I walk through the door because I'm investigating. There's nothing on the floor. Nobody was messing with me. You know, They were way the heck out in the front of the dining room area. The guys were still up there in the bar area. There's, they're not messing with me. They were all doing their own things. So what in the world happened here? So theory, and it could be a time thing. I basically, this is my theory for, you know, interdimensional beings. Okay. It does work for for time as well so if our two dimensions are overlapping so the shadow person sees me basically as the ghost I see the shadow person as the ghost for lack of a better term I mean maybe you saw me as a shadow I'm definitely seeing it as a shadow and perhaps in its plane of existence it blasts through that door and right out into the dining room the door opens physically on mine because the shadow is not a physical entity on my plane of existence. It can't open the door, but it does on its. And the reason why I hear the sound is because sound is on a different wavelength. So it's able to traverse the two dimensions. You could say this, you know, maybe these are two moments in time. Perhaps, you know, if it isn't, because remember the interdimensional stuff is a theory of mine. If it's not, a quote-unquote interdimensional thing and it's more of a time thing that we have two moments of time that are echoing overlapping whatever at that moment and I'm actually seeing like a person another moment in that building's history and perhaps it's seen 
also another moment in the building's history. Just kind of vaguely, right? Because um, I'm just seeing a shadow. And so it freaks out. It, you know, it's scared of me because I'm a shadow or a ghost walking into the room and it blasts right through that door. And so perhaps it was something that happened in the future or something in the past, maybe a few years beforehand that I'm interacting with. And this person blasts through there at another point in time. It could be. That could actually be a time lapse. Now, would we call that, would that still be a crossing of dimensions? I mean, are we talking, are these two terms essentially kind of the same? This overlap in time, time travel, interdimensional travel, are they really part of the actual, of, of actually the same concept? At least they're very closely related. They would certainly have to be. So, um, all right. So that is that part. So, spent a lot of time on all that, and it says we got like 10 minutes left on the show. So I guess we're going a few minutes longer because I do want to get into, um, for a few minutes here, how do we time travel, right? Because I I have to say, I think there's something inherent within humans, for many of us at least, that believe that there is some sort of time travel, that it is possible. We see this play out so much in our popular culture, in our books, our movies, our TV. This is something that it seems like humans want to have happen. Maybe it's something that earlier civilizations, because we talk about lost civilizations, that earlier civilizations were able to do, and we've lost that ability over time. Yeah, <laughs> over time. <clears throat> um, if time exists, right? You know, it's at least something within us that we really want to make happen. So we come out with all these fantastic ideas of how to make that possible. You know, how can we reachieve the idea of traveling in time? Well, anybody who grew up in the 80s knows that the flux capacitor is what makes time travel possible. There's Marty McFly in the DeLorean with the flux capacitor. Right? That's what makes time travel possible. The flux capacitor. Well, that's one idea. Very famous idea, of course, from the uh, the movie Back to the Future. And we tend to do this. We always tend to give it some sort of device, right? So I talked about Dark earlier that I'd come back around to. So Dark has their time machine, right? It's a time machine. It's straight up. Now, Dark has like five different versions of, probably even more, of a time machine or time travel, and I'm not going to give like any spoilers here. I mean, this is basic to the show. The show is about time travel. So, um, you know, they have their, uh, the big blob of stuff, basically. There's many of the characters in the show dubbed that the the God Particle. Um, there's the, the door in the caves, you know, under the area in question that you're able to walk through and, you know, you you go through a passage in time. Now they've done it like every 33 years is the way they've done that show. Um, that you can go, uh, there's the present, 33 years in the past, 33 years in the future. Um, and there's a lot of reasons as to why they get into that in that show. Um, I'm not going to dive into all of that here. So it's really, really interesting, all the different concepts and theories that they've incorporated into that show. So I definitely highly recommend it. Um, but we as humans always seem to be trying to use like some sort of device when we come up with this idea. It has to be a device. You know, um, the, the, the flux capacitor in the DeLorean uses uh, plutonium. Um, 
you know, the, the time machine and dark uses cesium 137 or whatever the heck it is, you know, it's always some sort of device and, you know, we have to, you know, make it nuclear or, you know, use some sort of substance or whatever, you know, because we can't seem to explain plainly as human beings, a legitimate way to be able to time travel. Um, and some of you hit it on it earlier of, um, it was Leslie, right? The, um, when you're sleeping, you're dreaming. Are you possibly time traveling when you're dreaming? You know, if you're like astral projecting somewhere or, you know, having a premonition, is that almost like a type of time traveling? Possibly. And I, I believe that when we get down to a real way that humans can travel in time, it's less about all the machinery of it. I, I think ancient civilizations probably had a, probably, they did, they had a better idea of um, how to utilize our own um, abilities as humans in harnessing the earth's energy to be able to do many, many different things. That's why, you know, we have these ancient sites of power like Stonehenge and the pyramids and all this. I'm not saying necessarily that they're time travel machines, but we understood how to use uh, energy in our own bodies better. There are many, many things that we lost the time. Um, and things that we were able to do, like move the huge different blocks. How were we able to do that? We can't even do it now, uh, you know, with the machinery that we have. Like we're just on the cusp of being able to do some of these things. And it's like, wait a minute, we were doing it with less advanced tools, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. You know, it doesn't make sense. But somehow we knew how to do it. So I think the same could be, could be true of time travel in that our minds today, our society today, our culture over the last few thousand years has just gone extremely extremely mechanical and so when we come up with these concepts and ideas in pop culture that we go very mechanical with it hence the delorean and the plutonium and dark with the you know 10 different ways you can time travel in it um so i think if we really can travel in time whether you believe in the stack time theory or not like i said we'll get into more of that in, in another video uh, probably on the Hunter Road Media channel later. Although you can find some older videos on that there um, or even some older Beyond the Shadows videos on it. I think it's going to be more like, I think there is one movie that really, really hit on it very well. And if there is a way, this would be the way to do it. And that's Somewhere in Time. How many of you remember this movie? I know it's very like un-sci-fi-y, although it has all the time travel stuff in it because it's a love story. But basically, and I am going to spoil this because, my God, the, the movie's 40 years old, so if you haven't seen it by now, I'm sorry. Um, but basically, he wills himself into the past. Um, Christopher Reeve. He is from, I guess it would be the 1970s, right? Because the movie came out in 80, but it was filmed in the 70s, so modern day for for them would be the 1970s. Um, he wills himself back... Um, like 60 some odd years so that he can be with the woman. He just gets enamored with her, her photo. He's a playwright and he's out of ideas. And so he goes to the grand hotel, Mackinac Island, sees her photograph there, falls in love and he wants to see her. Of course, he was actually visited by her as an old lady a few years beforehand. So what he ends up doing, um, you know, he researches her you know, finds out where she had been living before she passed. She had this book from his old college professor about traveling in time. And so the idea uh, for this concept of time travel that he ends up visiting the professor and talks to him about, um, you know, his brief moment with time travel is basically willing yourself into that place in time. So what Christopher Reeve ends up doing is, you know, getting the clothing of the time, putting things in his room from that era and basically putting himself into the mindset that he actually is in that place in time. So he, you know, he gets a room at the hotel, sets it all up um, as best as he can to be uh, in that decade and eventually puts himself there. So it's all a power of the mind. You know, all 
you know, human energy, all himself to get there. Nothing mechanical whatsoever to go back in time. It's all human. And I think that is, if we're really going to time travel, all we really need to do. There's something in our, I guess, on our culture these days that tells us that we can't do it without, you know, machinery, that we can't do it without, um, you know, some nuts and bolts and all that, that it has to be, you know, and I love the sci-fi movies. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Jesus, I'm I'm a big sci-fi nut. Um, But I think there's something about it that, that tells us that we have to use a machine, but I don't think we have to. Um... You know, if we're able to astral project, um, for to be able to come out of our bodies and go to another place altogether, why can't we do that with time as well? So we talked earlier again, um, dream state, astral projecting, uh, premonitions, all that. Yeah, why can't we also take that state of being, go into some sort of deep meditation like he did, convinced himself he was in that place in time and actually go back and experience it. And if it is all, if you're taking the space-time continuum or stack time theory or whatever the hell you want to call it, and everything is there you know, concurrently at the same time anyway, then it's just a matter of taking your consciousness and taking it from you know one place up here to one place down here. That's all it is. It's just switching from one place to another. Maybe it's a vibratory level. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it, it would take a lot of, um, I guess it would take some figuring out exactly what that is. But could you travel in time just by the power of your mind? I think you could. I, I think that um, that somewhere in time was actually really onto something there, um, but it gets overlooked. So... All right, so what did you guys have down here in the chat that I missed while I was kind of monologuing uh, there? Um, Lake House, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, No, I haven't seen Outlander yet. Um, Curious case of Benjamin Button. Well, that was was more of he was aging in reverse, not so much time travel. Um... All right, yeah, Jane Seymour, Christopher Reeve. Yeah, it's it's really like one of my all-time um, favorite movies. So, um, yeah, if if you had to ask me what my like favorite romance movie is, that would be it. Um, I do like romance. You mentioned Lake House. Lake House is another, if you were to say, you know, a, a romance movie that I like, um, it would be that. It has to have like a quirk in it, right? So, um yeah, Somewhere in Time would be my favorite romance, but it's it, it has a lot to do with the time travel. But Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour were fantastic in that. Um, Dark also asked the question, what came before, which is interesting. Um, and, and that's kind of the thing. So when we get more into, and I'll bring it up here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. You guys know what's coming because we've been talking a lot about this lately. The connected universe. Yes, Dark does talk about this. Um, in fact, it's very, very heavy handed in it. Um, it flat out says everything is connected. I mean, that's like in the tagline of the show, everything's connected. Like every episode they're talking about everything's connected. And they also hit you over the head with, you know, the end is the beginning and the beginning is the end. Everything is basically cyclical. And so, um, so there's a concept of the oscillatory universe, and I know that there are detractors to it, but you get into, and Dark goes into it, the Big Bang, the Big Crunch, and you know, the Big Crunch is basically the universe, the end of the universe. Does that just create another Big Bang? And we keep going around and around and around. Um, and they talk about the snake eating its own tail. Um, so, and they have the, the Ouroboros, the Ouroboros, uh, imagery within dark as well. So like that, that ring that's in the caves that the string is tied to, that's an Ouroboros, that's the snake eating its own tail. Uh, the movie Predestination, um, that's another fantastic time travel movie, uh, Predestination. That also uses a device, right? It looks like a, um, a violin case, but it's actually a time travel machine. Um, but that also... The snake eating its own tail. 
So you get a lot of this different imagery of everything being connected. And it does make a lot of sense to me because you think, okay, if we as like physical entities, everything around us um, is stardust. You know, it's, it's all matter from the universe and it's come together here now for a certain period of time. Our sun will eventually become a red giant, destroy the earth, you know, explode all of that stuff, become a white dwarf. You know, this will not always be here. It's going to go through its cycle of the universe. The matter will you know, explode elsewhere. In fact, you know, one of the ideas is that this is not the first time that, you know, we have been a solar system, that our sun basically got spat out of another uh, of another solar system when it exploded. And so, you know, this this is the matter from that, that this is basically like our second go-around of just a solar system. We're not even talking about the universe. So it would it takes many, 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 many years, but universe eventually ends and then explodes again. And we go through it all again in another cycle, you know, matter forming, you know, all the stuff, all these particles, all these gases forming up, creating the stars, the galaxies, the universe, or the solar systems, all that stuff, the planets. We play it again and again and again. So, so which came first, right? The chicken or the egg? Well, everybody thinks that the egg is the way that a chicken creates another chicken. It's just which came first, right? The chicken or the egg? Another way to look at that, you know, why does it always have to be that the egg is the way a chicken makes another chicken? Why can't the chicken be the way an egg makes another egg? Right? <laughs> All right. So one last time through um, your comments and questions. So uh, Outlander starts out in Scotland, Clan Grant, which I am also Clan Grant. Thank you, Sharon. And um, all right. So let's go ahead and wrap it up and get to the shout outs. Eva thinks I got a little too deep there. And yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe we go deep here. It's beyond the shadows. 